Welcome to the podcast where you eavesdrop into conversations between my friends and I on a weekly basis. My name is Lily Jo, I'm a singer, songwriter and I perform shows all over the world. I'm a qualified counsellor and an emotional well-being coach. You can also check out my award-winning online mental health resource, The Lily Jo Project. I know you will find gems of wisdom within the conversations that I have with my friends. Hopefully you'll find tools and resources that you can hold on to, try and test for yourself all around the important subject of mental health and personal development. I am so pleased to welcome you to today's episode of Eavesdrop. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining. Lily Joe here and I'm so excited for this episode of Eavesdrop. Today we are going to be talking to singer, songwriter, hit songwriter, Chris Eaton. We're going to be talking about the new single that I launched just this weekend called Diamond. And I had the absolute honor and pleasure to write this song with Chris. And he's joining us this evening for this episode. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, Lily Joe. How are you doing? Oh, I am so good. And it is so nice to see you kind of in person. I tell you what, I've missed that lovely face. It's been a long time. Oh. And, uh, it's so good to see it. So good to see. It. I wish you could be like in this piano room. We could write another song right now. But you know, I, know. But... I miss that piano room, and I miss I that lovely wife of yours. <laughs> oh well, thanks for joining me. I know that you've got a curry on the way, so I don't want to keep you very long. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I thought it'd be really good just to kind of get together and talk a little bit about the song, talk about the process of writing it and talk about your story as well, because your story is so inspirational, one of resilience, one of determination and of pushing through and keeping going regardless. So really excited for my listeners to know more about you. Um, but before we start, I thought it'd be a really good idea for us to play the song, let everybody who's not heard it yet hear it, and then we'll dive right in. Sounds perfect. I can hear you, I can see you come out of i 
<laughs> How does it feel, Chris, to hear the song finished and fully? I love it. I love it. I mean, I love the video as well. It's it's just brilliant. It just makes you kind of get it, you know. And I think when we wrote it, we just well, how long is it now? Right. Like eight months? Two we, years? Yeah, we wrote the song in November 2019. Oh my gosh. That is just unbelievable. And but I, I remember it like it was yesterday, and it was so much fun for that couple of days writing with you. It was just crazy, wasn't it? We, we, you were like, oh, we've got a day or two. Let's just do a whole album. <laughs> you were hilarious. You were like, okay, here we go. Next song. Next song. And I was like, this is great. Let's just do it. Slave driver. That's what no, I am. I um, but yeah, we had, I think it was three days together, didn't we? And I kind of packed yeah. my bags, left the city for the countryside, came st- yeah. to stay with you and Abby and just was like, this is desica- designated songwriting time. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because we, Abs and myself, although we do live in the countryside, you know, we're, we're, um, we're living a crazy life as well. And, and sometimes, you know, you just kind of, you just want that time where you put it on one side just to be creative. And, you know, we're obviously we, you and your lovely husband, I mean, we love you guys and you've helped us out as well with Abby's music so much. And, uh, you know, it was just a, it was an absolute honor for me. And just, you know, just the creative vibes inside of this house, when you just get into a room and you just let it flow, it is, it's what we're all about, isn't it really? It so makes cool. us tick. And, um, you know, I think when you, not just create the music, but then when you get together and realise each other's dreams and and kind of like calling, then you, then it, it's great because you have something to build a lyric on, so you actually communicate something real, you know. So um, it's, it's really exciting. So exciting! I loved my time with you, and I thought it'd be quite fun to kind of take a trip down memory lane. So this afternoon, when I was preparing for this interview, I was listening back through my voice notes, and for those of you who don't write songs. Um, how we usually do it is we get our phones, we play some chords and then we just sing into the phone. (laughs) And I found about 15 voice notes this afternoon that were all for this song, Diamond. And I just thought it'd be so funny just to kind of play them now and let other people hear them. What do you think? Oh my gosh. Uh, I hope they're playable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they are funny. And now that we know the song words and we know what the lyrics are, it's so frustrating because you're like, it's stand up, get up. (laughs) We're going, going, Um, but yeah, let's just have a little listen and see see how it sounds. We can react to these uh, these early voice notes. You just really want to go, come on, get it. (laughs) 
podcast. <laughs> Did you actually, you came up with You Are a Diamond, didn't you? Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, as I didn't realise that until I listened back today, but I was like, oh, yay, you are a diamond. And then we locked on that. And then you came up with um, Unbreak the Silence, which is brilliant. Right, yeah. Love it. And I love how this song, although it was written in November 2019, mm. feels like the right time now to release. So it's like, I can hear you. I can see you come out of your hiding now. It's the right timing. Absolutely. Your noise, finding your voice. Everyone's listening. Like, you know, I definitely been through that phase of just feeling like, I don't know if I can still do this. I don't know if I can still have the confidence, you know, to speak out. And this song has given me the confidence to be like, no, everyone's listening. Get up there, get out there, go do your thing. And I think it's interesting how a song can come and it still be relevant two years down the line. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we've been through, you know, the most harrowing 18 months, everybody. And, uh, you know, and I think it has stripped us of confidence. It's stripped us of uh of like lack of fear. I think we, so many people have lived in fear through this, not, not just in terms of what they might get or give to someone else, but just kind of want to stay at home. And, and this, this song is the perfect timing to say, look, you know, you, you've got a voice, you know, whatever you've been through. Um, mm-hmm. Also, you know, if we're going to get to the bottom of what we've been through and, and our experiences, we have to share them with each other and we can't just keep them to ourselves. Because there's, you know, there are people out there who want to listen and they're going to go, you know what, I've been through that same thing. Mm. We're all in the same boat. Mm. That's the thing, you know, we're, we're all coming out of that, of that dry period. And I think we're going to, we are all going to experience some, some really positive times now in terms of our, you know, our creativity, our family, hopefully, God willing, our health. Mm. Uh, and we just start grasping onto some really positive vibes. Absolutely. And I, I, the thing that I was holding on to right back there in the darkness was like, do you know what? There's the seasons always change. Like we always get spring comes after the winter. And so it was just holding on, isn't it, for the springtime. And, and that's exactly what you're saying. It's like we just got to hold on and keep going. But actually, remember who you are and step into that and have the confidence and keep going. I think that's really, really what I want to communicate. Yeah. And each, each person listening to this, every one of us is valid, you know. We're, we're, we're absolutely made in the image of a God that loves us and it's just, it's just fantastic. You know, we are valid mm. and, uh, and I think we need to know that, you know, we need to not feel forgotten yeah. and, um, and I think that's really important. Definitely. Do you want to hear another song note? Go on. This is going to be hilarious. I hope we're going to get there in the end. <laughs> On, I'm slightly that. concerned that this is going to be a lot of rambling and we're not going to get anywhere and, and that everybody's going to listen and go, it's really easy writing songs. What's wrong with these bear? So, uh, I can hear you, I can see you, it's the right timing, I'm out of your heart, it's the right timing for... Uh, now is the time to come out of your hiding. 
Now is the time to come out of your hiding. Oh no, it's um, it's I can hear you, I can see you. Come out of your hiding. Come out, come, come out of your hiding. It's the right timing for making. Brilliant. We got there in the end. Can you give us a little um, a rendition on the piano while you sat there of uh, of diamond? Well, um, yeah, I mean. Doing where we were like, don't give up. And it's it's almost like any chord works actually because it's it's just that sort of underlying groove that you get locked into and then it bursts into life of the chorus. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I, lo- I mean, I love the production. I think it's uh, it's really commercial. It's very catchy. So you can kind of get to like it before you understand it. And then mm. you'll take it on board and then, you know, get all yeah. the positive vibes from the lyric. Amazing. Well. well, thank you so much for co-writing. Really, I mean, it's great working with you, Lily Jo, because you're, you are very positive. It's like I sometimes write songs with people and they give up after 10 minutes. You know, they're like, oh, let's go and have a beer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or, and I'm like, I'm, I like digging. You know, I like digging for diamonds. I like getting into ideas and lyrics and so well, where can this go you know let's let, let's not just say yeah that's that's good enough mm. let's just go a bit deeper and see where we can go with this and I have like a green light and a red light all, all the time in my head no matter what kind of music I write and, and and I'm it's not always true but I have to trust it so if I listen to something it's not quite there and I'm not I'm getting a bit of an alarm bell then I'll just keep going on it and the great thing with you was you were like really up for that. You know, you were like, yeah, come on, let's dig, let's go for it. Let's, let's keep going on it, um, which I loved. And then, and then, of course, when we finish one song, we're straight on the next one. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, uh, time for a bit of dinner and then it's like, carry on. Yeah, and I can't wait for us to do that again. Hopefully that'll be something we can do at some point very soon and hang out and write again. But just, can you talk to everyone about your story and how you got into songwriting? Because... You know, for those who don't know, Chris is a phenomenal songwriter and has written some hit singles, including Cliff Richards' number one hit, Saviour's Day. So, Chris, could you talk to the audience about your experience as a songwriter and what it was like for you at the beginning before you had your number one hit? Because obviously that's where I'm at right now. I've not got a number one hit, but like, what's the process? What's the journey? I think, gosh, I mean... I always loved music. It was in my blood. And I think when I was like, I don't know, six, seven years old, I was learning to play piano. I had, I had many years piano lessons to sort of get quite decent on the piano. But my ear was the thing. It was like I, I, I threw the, all the arpeggios and the scales and the learning out of the window because I discovered Billy Joel and I discovered, you know, great play, piano playing and Elton John. And, and I just heard it and wanted to replicate it. So I used to just play and play and play. And I wrote my first songs when I was 13 or 14. 
and they were probably absolutely terrible <laughs> but I didn't care because I was like um, you know finding new chords and instead of just playing a C you know I wanted to play a C with an added D so it was richer you know I thought this is cool and, and it's just sort of kind of started coming out of me Nice. I, think I, I always had that ear for, for like rhythm and melody. I was a big melody fan, you know, a big Paul McCartney fan. And um, I used to, I mean, my, my favourite band like on the whole planet when I was a kid was a band called Yes, who were progressive rock. I mean, and we're talking like intricate rhythms and really kind of complicated, but amazing. It just took me somewhere, you know. It's like music took me on a journey. And for me uh, to start off writing songs, I had always had a hope that maybe it would be a full-time thing. But I think the, the thing was I never let it get to me or worry me. I just thought, just do it. Just do it because you love it. And the reality was, um, you know, I, I was making music and, and I was out doing part-time, you know, a lot of gigs, weekends and in part-time bands and stuff. But there were no real opportunities. There was no big door opening. I mean, it was just me just doing my thing. And hopefully if anyone would listen, they would. And I made sure they did because I'd be like, I've just done this new song and I've recorded it. You must listen. Oops, excuse me. And um, so it was like, you know, I was, I suppose I always had that real belief and inner enthusiasm that what I did was valid and I loved it. You know, I personally, I think you have to love what you do yourself, mm-hmm. no matter what. You have to love it. And, um, you know, there's a difference between kind of uh, arrogance and sort of confident humility. Do you know what I mean? It's like, there's a, it's understanding that, you know, you, I'm not saying that you have to be sort of arrogant and or this is the best thing you're ever going to hear, you know, because the, everyone is valid. Everyone has great uh, things they want to share and melodies and the rest of it. But for me, it was like, I, I love what I'm doing. And I just, I want the, you know, the opportunity to be able to share that. In a, on a greater stage and um, and it sort of grew bit by bit and then I was with a guy called Dave Pope um, who was a, a local musician but also an evangelist um, a minister and he, he said to me look I, I need a keyboard player um, in this band you know I'd love for you to come and play for me like full time which meant giving up my job uh, in insurance at the time <laughs> which wasn't a big deal but my parents were like well that's a proper job you know you get proper money for that so what's all this you know 50 quid a week with Dave Pope I'm not sure and um, anyway they Dave came to see the family came to see my mum and dad and uh, and they said okay we you know this is a this is partly because I I guess I was always kind of brought up through church but there was a point where I became a, a strong believer myself and that changed uh, the, my attitude towards faith and success. And, and it kind of helped. I just really knew that there was somebody upstairs who was in control, you know, more than I was. And um, so that I, think, I think my songwriting changed as well. I began to be more uh, concerned to write things that were going to encourage people with hope uh, and really kind of positive vibes rather than just write anything that came to my head. And then kind of out of the blue, really. Um, you know, nothing was happening. I mean, I was enjoying it, but there was no sort of break. Um, and then I was suddenly um, up in Filey, Yorkshire with, with Dave, and a certain Cliff Richard was on the same bill. And uh, Cliff didn't have a band at the time, so he was just playing live on his guitar. 
and he came to us and he said, look, you know, you guys are great. You guys are great. Do you want to, <laughs> do you want to play for me? And we're like, do we want to play for Cliff Richard? Hello. And this was when he was like really happening, you know, this was kind of late seventies, early eighties. And, um, it was a real privilege. So we played a song for him. And then he he uh, loved a song that I'd written. He came up to me and he said, did you write that song, Sail Away? And I said, yeah. And he said, oh, that's a fantastic song, that. You know, and I was like, I was so humbled. And he just said, um, have you got any more like that? And I said, oh, Cliff, I've got about 200. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, well, how about you record like five of your best songs and send them to me? And, uh, and I was like, I had no way of recording. Uh, those days, there was no, you know, iPhone or anything, CD player, anything like that. So um, it was incredible because when Cliff asked me that, that one day, that was like, imagine like, a super, super, superstar just picking you out of the blue and going, I love that song that you wrote. You know, will you write, you know, send me what you've got because I really want to hear it. I mean, it's just bizarre. It just doesn't happen. Wow. And, and literally a week later... We're doing, I'm doing a separate concert at a different venue and I sit opposite guy having a curry after the show. And he said, Chris, he said, I love that song, Sail Away. He said, did you write that? And I said, yeah. And he said, I'll tell you what, why don't you help me? Re- I'll help you record it. And I was like, what? And he goes, I own a 24 track studio and I'll get five guys and I'll get them down for the weekend. And how about we just like cut your five songs? And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. I mean, this wow. is such, this is so God, you know, it was like out of the blue, two things happened that were just incredible. So a month later, I went down to the studio, really proud of the songs that I, I got with me. And I didn't do any co-writing in those days. This were all my own songs and it was just my little babies. And I got, and these musicians played great. And I had this tape that I was very, very excited about and proud of. And there were five songs literally on a cassette tape. And I sent it all excited to Cliff. And, and his secretary called me back and said, oh, we've, got, we've, you know, we've received the tape, I'll pass it on. Don't call us, we'll call you. And uh, I was like, okay. So that's, and then nothing. A week, two weeks, a month, nothing. And I'm like, my heart's starting to drop, you know, and I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, this, this is like, this was so right and it felt so kind of in the zone. Why is it not happening? And, um, and I just carried on writing, carried on working. Uh, I had various part-time jobs. I worked in a fruit shop. I drove, I drove a, a taxi for a while. Um, I delivered beer to various pubs on, in a little truck, a beer truck, and it was, you know, throwing kegs around that were absolutely incredibly heavy, but it was, um, it was good fun. And then, um, you know, as time went by, I started to get more and more frustrated that nothing was happening, you know? Um, and I started to kind of not give up on the dream, but I just thought, you know, I need, I'm, I'm going to keep writing. I'm going to keep working and, and maybe something will happen, but it was like that door just didn't open. And then 18 months went by. Wow. So you'd given the tape to Cliff's secretary yeah. and 18 months went by. Yeah, nothing. nothing, absolutely nothing. And then I went to church, well, as I did on a regular basis, one Sunday night, out of the blue, and the minister, I don't know who it was, 
You know, sometimes if you, if you are a churchgoer, you'll go or, or, or you'll hear something on the, on the TV on whatever you're watching and, and somebody says something and you just feel like it's them pointing a finger directly at you. Mm-hmm. And, and this, this person just said something like, you know, if you, if you have enough, you know, you should have enough faith to know that if something's meant to be for you, then you need to give it up and it will come back to you. You need to allow God to do what he wants to do in his timing and give it up and it will come back to you. And I, it was just like this massive weight on my shoulders. You know, I just thought, oh, you know, because I, I was so mad, really. I was kind of mad with God. I was mad with myself. I was mad with everybody because it was like all this should have happened and it hasn't, you know. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I just, and then I just I felt that my heart had, was kind of changed that night and I needed to make a real expression towards God in prayer of like, you know, um, if you want me to be a window cleaner and it's the, what is right for me, then I'll do it. Now, no disrespect to window cleaners, but the point was I I needed to give it up. I needed to give it up. And that night um, I just slept great for the first time for ages. And after 18 months, Three days later, I get a call from Cliff's secretary and she said, uh, do you remember the tape you sent all that time ago? And I said, yeah. And she goes, Cliff's going to record four of the five songs on the tape. Two of them went on Wired for Sound, which was his biggest album ever. And, and And that was it. I was like, oh, my gosh. Cliff contacted me personally. And he said, I absolutely adore these songs. He said, you do not need to be working in insurance. You need to be writing hit songs for me. So I signed to his publishing company and, you know, the rest is history. I started writing for American artists, um, Amy Grant, you know, big artist in the States. And I just, uh, my songs were sent over and she responded. And it was like, um, you know, it was miraculous really. But then I look back and it was it was a lesson to learn, Lily Joe. Do you know what I mean? It was like it was yeah. a lesson to learn for me in my heart not to hold on to something, a desire so tight mm. that it couldn't go where it was meant to go, you know. Mm-hmm. And I had to let it go and, and let a higher power take, in my opinion, take control. Yeah. And, so, and even if people aren't believers, you know, it's the same principle. It's the same principle of saying, you know what, I just I've been holding on to this too tight whatever it is I've been going through. Uh, but if you have a dream, stick with it. Yeah. Stick wow. with it. Believe in it because one day it can come back to you. And I think we are in, uh, you know, in a position now, especially after COVID and everything that we've been through, this is like a, a level playing field right now. It's yeah. almost like there's been a kind of a weird cleansing of the planet somehow. And, and uh, you know, it's very upfront in everybody's minds about how we look after the planet from now on, you know, how we look after each other, mm. you know, our minds, our, our, our anxiety levels. And mm. it's like, we need to take care of us and we need to take care of each other. Mm. And if we do that and we, we, you know, encourage people to, to hold on to their dreams and to, and to just go for it, yeah. the, the sky's the limit. Absolutely. And that is just so encouraging to me as well, Chris, just to hear that story again. I love that story so much. Can you talk about the time when you found out you'd got Christmas number one? I mean, every songwriter's dream is to get a Christmas number one. 
And what was that like for you? Talk us through that process. Well, I mean, a year before um, Saviour's Day was released, I'd written it. I'd written it beforehand. And I always played my latest song uh, to Cliff at his Christmas party. So I went down to his party in London um, the previous year with this, you know, armed with Saviour's Day. And Cliff was just so gracious and he always had time to listen to it and, and chat. And he came out of this party, which was like a lunchtime kind of thing, you know. And there were all these different writers there and different people from different uh, producers and stuff. And he, he was like, oh, Chris, you know, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. And, and his secretary said to me at the time, oh, just to let you know, he's already had a meeting with his record label, EMI. And next Christmas, the single is going to be From a Distance. So whatever you've written won't be the single. Mm-hmm. Christmas and I was, so it was kind of like oh really <laughs> well I'm going to play it to him anyway mm-hmm. so I, I just said to Cliff I said look I've got the song that I really love and I just I'd love to play it to you see what you think he goes right I want to hear it with the best stereo he said let's go to my Rolls Royce and play it in my Rolls so we went down to his little car put the cassette in and after about a minute of listening to the demo of Savior's Day he stopped it and he looked at me and he said this is a number one song. And he said, I'm, I'm going to record it. It's a fantastic song. And I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. So that was a year before it was released. And one of the great things about Cliff is that if he promises something, more than ever, he will deliver. You know, he's just, he's that kind of character. He's very loyal. If he believes in something, he will follow up through with it. And so many people are not like that, you know. But as you know, in the music industry, it's full of people who make promises that can't keep them. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, oh, this is amazing. We'll do this with this song, with this. And you're like, oh, cool. And then it, nothing happens, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, but in this case, it, I knew it was going to happen a year before. So I had a year to get excited about it. In June, they, they cut the video um, of the song at Durdle Door on the South Coast. And all these cliff fans came onto the big cliff, you know, and uh, did all the big waving and stuff. So yeah. I knew it was going to happen because the video had been cut. And, uh, and it was Cliff's uh, highest new entry ever. It went straight in at number six at the beginning of December. But then it was up against it because it had Vanilla Ice at number one. And then Madonna released Justify My Love, which went straight in at number three. Wow. We were like, uh, you know, and and my song went from six to three. And then the week before Christmas or two weeks before Christmas, it went to number two and Madonna went to number three. And we were like, wow, there's a chance. There's a chance. And uh, Vanilla Ice was still smashing it. So it was way ahead. And it was like number one. And everyone said, oh, Vanilla Ice will still be number one for Christmas. And then literally... I think it was because all the grandmothers went out and just and just bought it, and and that was and then the next thing we knew it was it just made it. Wow! It was so it was so special in so many different ways. But that night, I was actually singing it in my Christmas carol concert at my church, and it was absolutely random. There were like four hundred people there, and uh, and it was a Sunday night number one, uh, you know, hour radio on Radio One. And I literally went into the service and I got up to sing it and I said, well, you can either listen to this now or you can go straight and put your radio on because you can hear it on the radio because you just got to number one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was like everyone went, Why? 
you know, it was just, it was amazing. Wow. Uh, great, I, great memory. Absolutely wonderful. And I can just kind of feel the excitement even now, all these years on, that like, you know, something that you've worked hard at. Yeah. Yeah, it was became an overnight success, and that's the thing, isn't it? It takes yeah. what how many years to become an overnight success? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's a, and it's a life. I mean, Lily Joe, you know, it's a lifetime of commitment to what you love to do, mm-hmm. and and you know, for me, it's not a job really; it's a calling, and it always has been. Even when I've 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 you know definitely had trouble with anxiety, and I think I may have even had the virus like back in the day when it was like first come out in March of last year. I wasn't very well for a few days. And then, and then there were like repercussions and I had all this weird chest pain and breathing. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is not good. You know? And it just, it had anxiety repercussions with me. And, and I battled through those. Um, obviously my Abby was amazing and my, you know, my family was great, but it still kind of never completely went away. And, and the, the times when I was not, in pain or didn't even think about it I was like the best therapy was music yeah absolutely listening to incredible music that I loved or just creating it just yeah. playing it and getting lost in it absolutely. And, you know and whatever you do that's that is your thing it doesn't have to be music whatever it is if, if it's something that you're just passionate about and you lose it you know don't lose the desire to get lost in those moments because those moments will heal you because yeah. you're doing what you're kind of meant to be doing. And you could be out there painting a picture that no one will ever see, but you're in the middle of a field and you're loving every minute of it. Mm. You know? And, that, and that's, that's what it's all about, really. Absolutely, absolutely. And you definitely are someone who I look up to and go, wow, you are sitting right in your purpose, you know, and when I'm with you and we're writing songs and we're doing all that kind of stuff, it's like this guy is meant to do this job. And I just... I just find it such a privilege and it's been such an honour to work with you. So thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Anytime. I mean, you know, it never stops, does it? You know, it's like whoever we meet and, you know, the, the next thing. And, and it's easy for me to, to shut it off as well, you know, and just kind of let things get on top of me and, and not be disciplined. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes discipline and it takes work and, and there are times when you don't really want to do it and, you, and you're like well this is what I'm meant to be doing and it's not you don't always get the green light you know sometimes you just get a head full of red lights and you're like ah you know yeah. it's not happening absolutely but it's, but it's such a privilege and it's um you know I mean I, I love what God is doing with you I love I love what your focus is and uh, with your family and, and getting out there and just you know taking great vibes and encouraging words out to people who need to hear it and you've got a great voice, apart from that. So, you know, <laughs> we have the goods as well. So, you know, let's, let's, let's see what happens with this thing. I mean, that's really exciting. I think it's the song exciting. is really strong. And, you know, the other stuff that we wrote together and, uh, you know, just um, it's a privilege for me too. Oh, I think we've lost you, Chris. I'm still here. You're there, you're there. Yeah, so um, I wonder if there's any questions. I've not been able to look at my phone because I've been so engaged in what you're saying, but I'm just going to have a little look now and see if there's any questions on the chat. Have you got time for that? Yeah, my curry's in the oven. Curry's in the oven, so we're all good. Um, How long did it take to write this? How long did you reckon it took us to write Diamond? Not that long. Maybe I would say, hours? Yeah, maybe two hours. 
Yeah, I think once we got the hook, you know, I think I got the music because I, I, it was the first thing we wrote, I think. Yeah. And, uh, we got in there and it was like quick, you know, and we were like, we wanted an up-tempo song and yeah. um, we knew that it was, we wanted something that was just vibey and, and I'd listened to other stuff of yours before that. So I got an idea that, of what kind of floated your boat. Yeah. I mean, for us, I remember saying to you, and you know, for my music, it's about reaching out to children and young people as well as adults, obviously. But um, it needed to be something that would fly in school. It needed to be something that kids would be able to latch onto and get the message immediately. And you were on board with that, weren't you? So it was quite easy to just like, right, what do we want to say about these yeah. kids? What do we want to say? Like, use your voice, come out your hide, how out your hiding, you're a yeah. diamond, you're precious, you're special. It was all about that, wasn't it? So it was yeah. quite easy to write, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and also rhythmically, you know, if if something's da 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 it just sits. It's it's quite. You let the melody almost like speak for itself, and then and then rhymes. You know, we were listening earlier on to some of the the little uh, voice notes, and it's just us kind of like discovering internal rhymes and way of little rhymes that are hooks. Yeah. And you just change it around a little bit, and suddenly you've got a great hook. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good tip as well, you know. And um, yeah, I think it was it was maybe two or three hours. That was it. But yeah, just I guess the key messages from this this podcast are just, you know, good things take time. It takes a lot of effort and it takes hard work. It takes commitment. It takes resilience. Um, things don't happen overnight. And, you know, for me, even just putting it out there and I keep on saying it, you know, I would love a Radio 1 hit. That is my goal. Um, and so what do I do? I surround myself with greatness, with people that have already written number one hits like you, Chris. So... <laughs> that's it isn't it it's find your tribe yeah. find the people around you that are already doing what you you want to do and um, work hard stay motivated take one step at a time it doesn't happen overnight and even when you think it's about to happen it took you another 18 months didn't it so you know it's just about that consistency and I think that's definitely the message I'm going to take from this podcast tonight perfect me too take care mate. thanks for listening I hope you enjoyed today's episode if you did, please be sure to subscribe. And if you're feeling generous, why not share with your friends? Please check the description box below for extra links and further information to some of the topics discussed in today's episode. Also, you'll find information about what's coming next. For further information, top tips and advice on all kinds of mental health issues, including low mood, anxiety, self-harm, eating disorders and more, please do check out www.thelilyjoeproject.com. You can find my music across all digital platforms, including Spotify and iTunes. See you next time.